What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 43 of season two of the Surgecast, presented by Primo Hockey and part of Five in a Game Sports Network. I am your host, Bailey Curtis. I'm Kat Hunter. And uh, as you may notice, one of our lovely co-hosts is missing. If you guys listened to last episode, he is on vacation visiting some family. We wish him well. But, you know, with him gone, this is going to be a very chaotic episode. Um, joining us for this chaotic episode is a great friend of ours. Uh, Kat, would you like to introduce our good friend? Oh, yeah. Colin's back. Colin was the one to watch <laughs> <in> media. <laughs> yeah, we've got a uh, good friend, Colin, not on Twitter, but hello, Colin. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Kane's up to nothing, so can't, can't complain. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Figured, like I said, chaotic episode. So, <laughs> gotta at least get some uh, we need, spicy takes We need on always here. some. Yeah, we always need someone that doesn't share a brain cell like we do. So. I know. <laughs> it's always nice having no that because I feel like we, <laughs> we no, because me and Bailey so are the same person. <laughs> we think I mean, so similarly I, on pretty much everything. So it's nice having somebody who might be able to spread up or spread if out. If you ask that, like he'll give us questions and we'll have the same answer every mm-hmm. time. Like we have the same take most of the time and the same answer. So it's good to have a if we have take different takes, things. it's usually for similar reasons though, too. Cause if you remember like the breakout player um most improved yeah. player situation last or, or if my it's my ago. top pick, it's your second pick. Yeah, it's yeah. always like that. <laughs> So welcome to the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on and putting up with our shit, Colin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, so two of the three of us were at game one and game two. Um, some interesting games to start off the series. One of them being an overtime win by Jesper Faust. Um, let's kind of, I don't know if I want to start with game two or game one. I feel like we should go chronologically, but it's game one i going into it i didn't feel as confident about the canes play is i feel like we should have been going against a team like this for round one yeah i think going back a little bit further uh right i think that florida win was absolutely huge i mean sure it was to win the division but it was also like right the canes are under pressure right so that's i mean that's how the playoffs are going to be i know it's a different beast but they're playing for something you know they have a chance to win the division against a tough team on the road and they not only played canes hockey they dominated uh as a yeah. team outside goaltending and yeah. which is a different story but at the end of the day you know a new goaltender's in net for the playoffs and we've seen what ha- has happened in, in a good way for that but i think it, it really started that gave them a lot of confidence that you know they they found their identity or they uh, got back to their identity, Canes hockey in that Florida game, and and that really has helped them play uh, good hockey for the most part against the Islanders in the first two games. Um, you know, I, I really feel like both games have been close, but we'll we'll start with game one first. Um, <laughs> okay. And, uh, I yeah. I agree. I I think the I think the Florida game really set the tone um, mm-hmm. because again, it just like. Everyone that had been like, don't worry, guys, they'll push through it. They'll figure it out. Like all of those people were like, see, this is what we were expecting. We knew that they could push through it. They could find it. This is what we were expecting of them. We know when it comes down to it that they will push through. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gave everyone that was kind of feeling really iffy going into playoffs a little bit more of their, I guess, their confidence back. Like, okay, maybe they can handle it Um, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, the Islanders aren't easy. 
but I would definitely the state of play of Florida, the way that they had been on such a big winning streak, they had a really hot goalie, um, their pressure and just constant shots on net and everything is going to be similar to some other teams will face. Um, so to show out against them with just like, and not even to, there's no moment that we kind of took a step back. Like our, maybe our, our lead diminished them, but the, they didn't back down and they, right. the Canes came back and were like, that's fine. Our two goal lead is gone. We'll just get it right back. And honestly, it kind of is translated into the Islanders game because even when we saw, I know we're talking about game one, but like game two, even again, when we saw our lead disappear, the Canes didn't still didn't really take a breath. Like they were ready to get back into it. They, you could see the guys didn't get discouraged. Like maybe it shook us a little bit. Like the Island, I feel like it was less of us getting shook and more of the Islanders feeling the confidence. So they had a little bit more momentum, mm-hmm. but besides that, like, how many times do you see a push by Jacob Slavin? Like they were, they were like, we have our shots. We are yeah. giving them pressure and we're this close. And honestly, it's been a really good. Se- I I think they started the first game uh, pretty hot. I mean, talk about that power play. I mean, we've got a power play. <laughs> yeah. Games. It took towards <laughs> like what the last. With an asterisk. <laughs> I was going to say the last, like, what, 10, 15 seconds of it. I don't exactly remember. That was right when I left work when that happened, so I didn't see it. But It didn't matter if you would have saw it. No, you wouldn't have understood it. No one understood <laughs> what happened. All you it was can an say, own goal, and Sorokin was, got caught sleeping. Honestly, yeah. the funnier part is you can say Sebastian Ajo scored a power play goal, and you'd be correct. <laughs> yeah. What was, really, what was really funny though too is if you go look at the stats for that game too Stefan Nason was credited with the goal um, mm-hmm. but his shots on goal are zero <laughs> and that is just that's hilarious to me um, but kind of going back to the last game of the season too talking about Florida I feel like it really give, gave us the kind of push and vote of confidence that we needed going in because i mean the last few games we expected um one of the two games before florida to give us that uh clinch spot for the metro um and to not perform the way that we should have um i honestly thought might have given us a less than ideal outcome for the florida game to see a dominant win for the most part the way that we did against florida too i think really really helped well, especially um, like we had the bad luck against. I'm not even I'm not fully bad luck, but I I, I will say some of it pu- bad puck luck. But like some of the close games that we had just had, like against Buffalo and stuff, you're like that's the game that you should have gotten the points at, and so you're feeling stressed <laughs> because you're saving it for the last game against again a team on a hot streak. Yep, and you're like this doesn't feel like the one you're going to get the points at, and so you're sitting there, and of course even the broadcast is watching the Devils, and they're kind of seeing okay how's it going. Um, and you know, can't rely on the capitals for anything. So (laughs) you're trying to be like, it's okay. But I, and I'm not sure I would think Rod is the type of coach that I, even though they know that they kind of have to pay attention to how the devils, like they're, they're aware of it. I don't think that's something he's going to bring to their attention Mm -mm. during their locker room talks. So I would think this resounding win was more of a, like, this is what we're, we came here to do. Um, 
doesn't matter what the other teams get. We're going to secure our own destiny, which is right. Uh, and I, I think it, all along. it's a big show of, I know we say this all the time and saying that playoffs are a completely different beast compared to the regular season, but I think it was a big show of what they're capable of going into this next round as well. Um, beating the team who's sent off to kind of quote unquote, take care of Boston. Um, but it, I, I think it really helped that kind of not only just confidence wise going into a team that maybe isn't as great stat wise or numbers wise, um, but just kind of taking that and running with that confidence that we know what we're capable of. We know what we can do. We know we can score goals and we know we can score them well. Let's see how that can translate into a playoff environment. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's playoff hockey, right? Like we can tell no, no team is going to come out and play every game. Great. Right. Um, you can, you can have some different opinions on how the Canes have played their last couple of games, the last two games. Um, mm-hmm. I think they came out really hot the first game. Um, honestly, I think it got them fired up to get the power play goals. Um, and then it kind of almost, it felt, and you know, against the Islanders is probably going to be a low scoring game. Right. Um, kind of on both sides. Um, but it almost seemed like the second game, it almost mirrored the first because you saw us get that two goal lead and then immediately they cut it into two to mm-hmm. one. And yep. honestly, when it happened, I was like, Oh, here we go. It's the same as the first game. Um, and I think the difference was obviously we got, we got our first or the Islanders got their first lead and of the, in the second game. And it just, again, it didn't, I think the Canes, honestly, even though they haven't always been playing their best hockey, the past two games, I think they're, they're honestly the better team playing. Right. I will say we've talked about, you can look at on social media about all the hits that the Islanders have given us. They're trying to disrupt our game flow and we're not really letting them get to us on. That's a positive to take away from it. Um, Not letting them get to us. Meaning, we're not taking extra penalties and trying to go after them for things. We're letting them get to us in terms of like, we're getting a little bit banged up, but I I'm taking that as when a team goes more physical against us after we've been dominating them on the score sheet and possession wise is that they can't figure out anything else to do except to disrupt our game. Well, Uh, and I I think a large, a large part of that has to do too with the fact that we're not a physical team. So they know that they can kind of get away with some of that too. So yeah. the thing, the Which, thing I will say to kind of contradict what you were saying though, Kat too, is I, yes, we mm-hmm. haven't been playing our best hockey. I will arguably say though, that game two was a hell of a lot more evened out than game one was. Yeah. I think the Islanders are playing really good. I mean, the Canes are playing good hockey. It's not their best hockey. Um, I don't think, it, well, I think the problem is, right, is, you know, the Canes played really good hockey the first 20 minutes. We had a 2 nothing lead. They scored on both power plays. They were good power play goals. Um, and then immediately the Islanders came back and scored right after. Uh, the, the, the problem is, I think, is we give the Islander, you know, but they're a playoff team. I, I mean, I know that they're the last wild card spot, but they're still, still a playoff team, right? They beat a lot of good teams, like, you know, beating out Buffalo and Pittsburgh, not that they're, those are great teams, but they made the final wild card spot, right? They're a top 16 team in the league. They came to play. They were going to be ready. They're fully healthy. They got Barzell back. He made us pay last game with the go-ahead goal. 
Um, or unless he was the, I think he would, that was the equalizer, the second goal, but regardless, they're a good team. Right. And, you know, if we can play better than them, you know, 50% of the time, we're going to, we're going to win these games. They have the edge in net, but I will say, I think that they gave us a run for our money, both games. They had a, in the first game, they, they only scored one goal, but they had a lot of good chances. You know, they, they get pucks around the net and they, they find, they find, uh, open men. And, you know, if they, if they had a little bit more finish, it may be a one, one series. Um, right. First or second game. I think that, you know, the Canes, we won the first game two to one, right? It's not to say that we turtle, but we focus a little bit more on defense. And not it didn't bite us last game, right? It, it, it almost did, right? Because we're, we're up to nothing. They came back to one immediately. You know, that next goal is huge, right? You would normally say the next goal would win it, even though Islanders tied it. They scored the third goal. And that's when the Canes backs were against the wall for the first time in the series. And... You know, I don't know how long after the Islanders scored, Slavin scored. I think it was, you know, seven and a half minutes left. But, uh, I mean, the Canes really had a push there, too. So, I mean, it shows what they can do with their backs against the, the wall. And, obviously, the the overtime goal, too. Uh, having having somebody like Foss score that goal is huge because they, oh, yeah. I, he's a depth scorer. He's not a, he's not a guy you rely on for scoring, usually. So no. I mean, I called – I that line had been pushing so hard that game that I called that. I called the wrong player. Jules asked us who we thought was going to score. Um, and I guess Martinuk, because honestly, that line had just been. Stahl is due. Stahl's like, been due. It was going to be a gritty goal, and it, that line was due. So And Stahl as well. Honestly, it would have been perfect because Stahl deserved it after that. He is an overtime playoff. Um, yep. I, I, I do agree with you. So, like, we say, you know, coming into it, you're not saying like the Islanders, they're not going to be an easy opponent. They're a better matchup that we would like. Um, But honestly, no game's going to be easy in the playoffs, right? Like none, no team is going to be, as you can see through all the other games, most series are what split now. We'll see tonight if they continue that way, but most series are split. A lot of team only Boston defended home ice and they only defended it for one night. Yeah. So, um, you can, I mean, again, you can dissect how the Carolina hurricanes, play all the time you can compare them against the other teams but i mean honestly our gritty style of hockey our refusing to quit our motto for the playoffs the never compromise or um what is their what's the one word that they they don't say that in their locker room they have one word what is it oh no Ooh. i forgot it i can't think of it off the top of my head Oh, I'll have to find it, sure. but it's, they, they have one word that they put on the back of their shirts and they have it in their locker room and that's what they go by. And it literally means we, it's literally like we all win together. Like it takes everyone and it's not, we already know, like we've heard it from the media multiple times. We've heard it from our own fans. We've heard yeah. it from everywhere that we don't have a superstar. How are they getting this far? How are they doing this? And it's literally like, because everyone has, how are they getting this far with all the injuries that we have? We don't have a big score. And it's like, and they're like, wow, their blue line keeps helping them. Well, yeah, because every guy contributes. Mm -hmm. Once you have a goaltender that you can kind of stick with and you're like, okay, if I can help defend the most of the shots and he takes care of the rest with great saves, then our team can really be like, okay, we've got our defense down. Let's all work together to get a goal gritty. I mean, again, you, you've got Foss scoring the overtime winner. That's not a guy that scores a lot. You've got Jacob Slavin tying the game. That's not a guy that scores a lot. Also, tying the game with a beautiful shot that makes no sense how it went in, except that it it's was a dangerous shot, too. Because you think about where that hits on the back of Sorokin's head, too. It's a dangerous yeah. shot. But my, I do want to point out 
because again, as I will, I will say Jacob Slavin doesn't have a lot of uh, goals and he's not normally, it's normally burns of the two that's pushing forward, Mm -hmm. but that man was a smart goal. That man won the accuracy contest and the all-star two, two years ago for a reason. Yeah. Like he can place it when he wants to. Yeah. His real shots. Yes. (laughs) No shots taken. Um, I don't, I don't know too. I, I think, and we, we kind of talk about the Canes playing this better style of hockey too, um, compared to the Islanders. I, I think game three is going to be a really big tell as to who the better team is, I think too. Cause I mean, we look at past playoffs too, especially this, uh, or last seasons and how uh, road wins were really, really tough for us. Um, and I think this is going to be huge in terms of what kind of team we can kind of push ourselves to be and how energy plays a part in all of that. Yeah. And I think also the Islanders kind of, you know, they didn't have a power play all game last game. And I, I think if you refs never call it by the rule book straight up and they did have a power play. They had one It that, well, oh. Technically, they didn't have a power play. They just uh, because they cut guy... off our four our four minutes. Yeah, right? so like technically yeah. they got a penalty, but their guy committed a yeah. four minute penalty, so it didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> so they didn't have a power play, right? And you know we had we had maybe four or five or a lot more. Um, so you know the refs are going to be looking to call it fifty fifty, which you know it's kind of tough, right? I mean, not to say I'm not going to blame the refs or whatever, but if you call that game by the book, right? I mean, the Islanders took 14, 13 or 14 penalties and the Canes took like four or five. If you call it by the book, you know, it's playoff hockey. I saw the Canes were close to too many men on the ice. You look mm-hmm. at them, the Martinick's high stick, which those should have been called. But at the same time, you eject Matt Martin for a cross check in the back and then sitting on him. I mean, that's a dangerous yeah. play. He didn't get, I mean, he didn't get a call from the league, but you know, that's, that's usually, I mean, that's almost three penalties in one, right? It could be interference, cross-checking, hitting from behind, roughing, you name it. Then he yeah. sits on stall, too, while he's hurt. So, you know, you, you only call that two minutes. There was a lot of missed calls, missed high sticks and stuff. Um, at the end of the day, the Islanders played a certain way in game two that they didn't play in game one, and that was physical, and that was trying to get us off our game. And we didn't do that. We're, we're going to be in a much more hostile ter- building on game three, and I can guarantee you they're going to look to play the same way they did in game two because they own, they – they had the game. I don't want to say that we stole it, but they had the game and, you know, we took it from them. So I guess I am yeah. saying we stole it, but you know, <laughs> their game plan almost worked. Their game plan almost worked. If they get more power plays, you know, maybe it happens. Maybe they're more physical. They've, like I said, they're going to have their fans behind them. That's, that's, that's how they're going to, going to want to play the game. So the Canes have to stick to their game. You know, the system that they play, but they're also they can't get caught up in the physicality and they can't get caught up in the, you know, the the atmosphere that the Islanders are gonna try to create. They they have to stay level headed because yeah. honestly, I mean, yeah, the Islander fans are complaining while well, you guys you rigged it. We got so many we got so many our penalties against us and you guys didn't have any. Okay, but if you're gonna set for the Islanders, if you're gonna set the tone with a guy cross-checking a captain and then sitting on him and cross-checking him in the back while he's down, clearly injured. And then you also have two high sticks that one against Ajo where not only was it a high stick, but he also got finished into the boards and it was just like, he got checked in the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, Like a really rough play. 
like, yeah, you want them to call all the penalties, but when you're going into it as your game plan is to play lack of a better word, like goon hockey, and you're going in trying to do those rough and dirty, like tumble plays and they can be dirty or they can just be really hard hits. Like the refs are going to notice they're going to look more to call those. And they're going to be nitpicking like the tiny little things because they're trying to honestly, I don't want to say manage the game, but like that's their way of trying to like calm down the game. And I honestly think if they had actually done something more than just two minutes on Martin, they could have controlled the game better because that would have set a precedent for this isn't the type well, you're not going to take this type of uh, play here. And so that, I mean, you start, I think Rod said it before, like you call guys for penalties and you call them both ways and you're consistent with it. Yeah. The players have to adjust to the penalties. Like mm-hmm. they're like, I can't keep doing this because they're going to call me for it. Yeah. So just like I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know if it's true or not. But the high stick for Martinuk, I mean, it's a lifted stick, but also, and I mean, not that I would think anyone would try to hit themselves in the face with a stick, but I mean, if the Islanders are saying, hey, they're calling all these high sticks to the face, what if I do this one, take a dive or whatever for it, they're going to call it because they've been calling it this game. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's smart hockey technically, because you're technically playing to how the refs are calling the game, but at the same point, like... You're going to get penalized for it. You play rougher hockey, you're going to get penalized for it. We have all throughout the season, we've been penalized for rebuttal type hits because we're not a big physical team. And when we finally have enough and we do a rebuttal hit or we try to get back, we get penalized for it. So Mm -hmm. it's really big for us to kind of stick to our game plan and let them. I mean, I don't want any more players to get injured. I hope Turbo feels better soon. Um, I guess he has surgery today. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you like it's weird. Like you can't get crunch, and you hope the refs are gonna protect. I, I hate putting this on the refs too, but I think the refs are gonna play a huge part in game three too. Because the way that I think about it is, a lot of times in playoff hockey, you as a fan want the refs to kind of pocket the whistles and be like, let the boys play, only call the things that really truly matter, um, injuries and the likes. Um, I we haven't really seen that a lot the past two games and I'd almost kind of like to see more of that kind of, okay, just let them play their game. Um, But if you're going to call something, make it consistent, you know, it is interesting though, because so we all know throughout the season, I think there was a span of like two or three games in a row where we didn't get a single power play. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of a joke that the Islanders are like, the Canes rigged it. The refs love them. And it's like, you don't know Hurricanes hockey if you think anyone in the league likes us. Um, but it's you you want the refs. It's funny because the teams, now that it's playoff hockey and there's lots of big name teams, they're starting to complain about the refs. And it's kind of like, guys, we've been complaining about the refs for so long. <laughs> like it's like now it's just more obvious because it's playoff hockey that the officiating has things to work on um and because it's happening to your teams so well yeah i mean it's tough when i mean it's 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 tough when a missed call result i mean i mean a controversial call is you know not called and then you go on and lose in overtime that's tough i mean if if it was not very well yeah we would be just as pissed off i mean we were pissed off when that happened to us so i mean you can obviously understand you know as controversial it is in their eyes that should have been a high stick by the rule Maybe, probably, but, you know, at the same time, 
if you're looking at the rule book, the Islanders committed, you know, who knows how many penalties last night, 10, 11, and we committed a few also, but that's why that's just where, and the refs also have a different directive too, you know, that, that we don't know, right. We think that they're supposed to call it a certain way. And um, Tim Peel, I think was his name came out a couple of years ago when he had got hot mic'd about call, wanting to call a penalty against Nashville because they had three penalties or four penalties against the other team. So they wanted to call it against Nashville because it's, I don't want to call it game management, but like I said, they have, there's some kind of directive there. And I don't know if it's from the league. I don't know if it's for the refs or if it's for the betterment of the game. I'm not sure, but they have something there. And that's why I'm kind of surprised last night that, that that wasn't called because we had had, you know, three or four power plays, even though we deserve them, if not more. So it's going to be interesting for sure. But like I said, I expect that no matter how, no matter how the Islanders or the Canes play, whether, you know, dirty or not, I expect that the, the calls to be very, very close. And us, us and them get the same amount of power plays unless they're just absolutely obvious about it. But yeah, yeah I mean, seen. I guess the refs can only do so much too. I mean, like you can say again, you can say tick for tack. Like the Islanders can say, well, you didn't call this and it resulted in an overtime goal. Okay. Well, they didn't call a slash and now our, and our players hands broken. Like it's either way. There's always a reason of like, you should have called this penalty. Yeah. Um, right. I, I just, I mean, I just summarize it to, Honestly, you play the type of hockey that the Islanders are trying to play. And I think, I believe, I mean, again, unless the refs fully swallow their whistles, like Bailey said, that you're going to get more calls that way because Mm -hmm. it's just, you play that way, you're more likely going to draw, like do a penalty. Um, It's just what's going to happen. The narrative of the refs liking us is just... (laughs) so funny to me i'm like you realize that i'm sure rod has so many fines oh yeah <laughs> all the time everybody was talking um, uh during the past few games they were like rod better get his checkbook ready <laughs> but every time um but i mean i guess we we've kind of covered it some but um yeah the the tavo injury yeah we're down another player it's great <laughs> um kayla's already got the flag uh, ready for those of you that aren't aware, um, the Daily Kaylee, who organized the flags for both Patches and Svetch, is organizing another one for Tavo. Um, she will be at the watch party wherever that will be tomorrow night. Um, so if you're interested in kind of getting those well wishes to Tavo, it should be down. Um, it should be downtown Raleigh. I think all the watch parties are at the downtown Carolina Alehouse location. Okay, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, if you guys are interested in getting a message out, maybe you can't make it to the watch party, be sure to shoot her a message. Um, but yeah, thoughts go out to Tavo. That was watching that back too. I totally missed that, um, in the live broadcast and being able to kind of look at that footage back. That's like, well, he, yeah, he took the shot and then like followed it up after the slash mm-hmm. occurred. Right. So it's almost like he, he continued with the play. Yeah, he continued with the play, and then I'm sure he knew what what, what happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's just, you know, just another skill guy that's out, right? Another guy that you would count on for a guy who was just now, not to say he was just now finding his game, right? But this is where he elevates his play the most. You saw it in the Florida game. You saw it towards the end of the season and then, you know, in the playoffs so far. So it, it's just another skill forward that's out, and that's, you know, the opposite of what we need. So, Right. It's – it, I mean, yeah, I would say I feel like he probably didn't feel it during the time. Um, or if he did, you know, it probably stung, but you don't immediately think, oh, it's 
broken. Um, I mean, we all know when Svetch hurt his knee a little bit, he still skated a little bit trying to figure out what was happening and was like, I can't do it. Um, so they, I mean, you just have to stay in touch with the reports. Um, Rod said he'll miss this series. Um, the continued report saying he's out for the remainder of the series. Um, there is one report saying out indefinitely. Um, so don't, if he does come back at any point, uh, we talked, me and Colin talked about this last night um, with my dad because he works, he's been in the medical profession for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they could do, depending, I guess, depending on where he's broken it is they can put a pin in it um, and then like kind of like immobilizes it and he'd wear, he'd have probably have some sort of casting or something, um, but it would limit his mobility, whether he can come back with it or not, it'll limit his mobility. And Colin's big point is the big thing about Tavo is his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got a quick shot. Okay, he releases passes. And uh, so if we get him back, it won't be a hundred percent Tavo. And before yeah. anyone says, well, we haven't had a hundred percent Tavo all year. It's a difference in just not being in the groove of the game and just kind of like kind of working through some things. And then like your hand is actually injured. And I don't care. He's obviously not always on the score sheet, but first of all, the last couple of games, he has been, honestly, he's been playoff table. Like he has been, you can't, you can't deny his defensive game. Like he is so helpful on defense nonstop. He has been getting the passes through to Seabass and to others he is working hard. Um, and so it's honestly, it's going to be a big loss. So um, kind of hate seeing some of the Kaniacs saying that, well, it's not going to be a big, we've not had good playing by Tavo anyway. So it's not a big loss. That's I have a, a feeling we're going to notice. I it. hate that. Yeah. I hate that That's because, a terrible take. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, it's not only that, but it's like, you know, we're missing two. I mean, arguably we're missing two of our, our top three, scores uh not even including table right i mean if you think of the top on paper if you look at the top three scores on the cane you would expect it to be aho svetch and patch well svetch and patch are probably our two top scoring go- you know wingers and they're both gone so and now you lose table you know how many how many t- that's three of our top six top six wingers probably our three best wingers other than jarvis and nature's so mm-hmm I, I mean, regardless if he's been playing below Tavo stand, standards or not, it's still Teravine and he's still a top six forward. And you're going to put in Pooley Yarby, who has yet to score for the Hurricanes, yeah. which I don't want to slam him. I'm just saying, you know, so you're, you're looking at Teravine and who is, you know, known for what he's done. Look at the last playoffs, you know, a couple of years ago, whatever he's how he plays with Ajo, how he is defensively on the penalty kill on the power play, all that stuff, you know, and then you're putting in somebody else. It's just it's a it's a loss it's a huge loss i don't know how you i mean not just on the score injuries. sheet too but you you were talking about this earlier his passing ability and yeah. his uh puck handling yeah. ability you, well, i mean you can't on. yeah go so ahead, i was gonna i was gonna use matthews as an example right he had a hand injury that he was dealing with all year and it wasn't a broken hand but he it, it was something a little less severe so right matthews was the best goal scorer in the league last year won the heart won the rocket richard I don't know how many goals he scored, 62, 63, something like insane in 82 games. That's insane. And this year, I, I don't mean to say only 40, but he dropped off 20 goals, right? And it's not like he's aging or getting older. I mean, he's he's 25 years old. He's in his prime. He, but he lost 20 goals, even though the Leafs were a better team. But that's because he was playing with something bothering his hands. So you can't deny that Tavo is not going to be the same player, even if he comes back, especially a guy who relies on his hands so much. Um, 
So it's uh, it's definitely a huge loss. And even if he does come back, he's not going to be 100%. And uh, just unfortunate, well, right? I mean, I don't think it's a malicious yeah. play, the slash. Oh, it's just... I mean, it's a guy playing defense in a situation where you feel severely overwhelmed by yeah. the yeah. amount of chances yeah, that you're just... taking. <laughs> it just comes off as, I mean, I know there was another fan that was saying something about like, well, if it, it's just a slash, they happen in every game. That's fair. They do happen in every game. Um, it's just, I feel like Canes fans again are a little bit more bitter because one, we're losing another player to injury Two, you're playing, you're losing them to an injury to a penalty that technically should have been called. And then three, it's a penalty, but also you're feeling it might not have been malicious, but after a game that the, the way the Islanders played against us, where some of their hits looked like they were designed to hit us, you do, you just have a bad taste in your mouth from that they actually injured a player and took him out of the series. What I just thought so, was interesting too is I saw a few different people who were like, well, it's his fault for not being able to deal with the slash. You got to be able to kind of do I want to hit part of the game with a slash. And I was like, well, I want to no, hit them. If it was part I want to hit game. them and let them feel it. I want <laughs> them to be like, ow, that hurts. <laughs> no, speak. it's one of those things I was like, well, if it was part of the game, why is it a penalty? Like, there's no reason. I, I, I don't know. So... <laughs> This is guys. This is why I don't have Twitter because I can't stand to see those takes. I just, I just, I'm gonna just start, can't do it. I'm going to start bringing my stick around, and if someone says that, I'm going to be like, "Put your hands out. I'm ready." <laughs> go in. Well, um, that's why, yeah, we'll that, see that, how you feel about it. That's why they started. Cra- this this will be the last thing we say about it, right? But this this is why they started cracking down on you know overhand slashes, right? Like you you know you would think that if you got your you know, when somebody, you know, stick checks on top of your stick, right? You, you hear Tripp saying, go under the stick or over the stick. If you go over the stick, they usually call that, even if it's not on the hands, because they've started cracking down on that. But especially on the hands is where you call it to prevent these injuries. These have happened before. So that's mm-hmm. why they call, that's why they call these. And, yeah. you know, when you get, sl- especially when you have the puck and you get slashed on the hands, that is as textbook as it gets. That's like flipping the puck over the glass. And that was a two-handed, like Rod said, tomahawk chop. So there's yep. just absolutely no excuse for that to not be called. Like I said, I will, I I will say malicious, though too, but... a lot of times when you think of penalty, you think of, okay, there was something that uh, impacted the play on the puck too. There was, I mean, Tabo followed through with it. He made the shot. Is there any argument or um, anything like that that would say if that slash didn't happen, something else or something better would have happened with the puck too? Because there's a lot of people that will make that argument for whether or not a penalty is called. So, I mean, I all all credit to Tavo um, because him being able to follow through and actually he got that shot off and then he actually followed up with it because I mean I'm sure that hurt in the moment. Um, Not quite didn't know probably it broke, but like I think like Colin said, they're cracking down on these type of things, but also players have learned you got to kind of play through it because you don't know if it's going to get called. It should be, but they're like, I can't, I can't ask for this call because I might not get it. So I'm just going to play through it anyway. And that's what turbo did. Like he was probably like, yeah, he could have stopped. He could have dropped his stick and been like, what? But like, instead he was like, I'm going to follow up on this chance because we still have the momentum at their goal and I'm going to follow up with it. Um, But yeah, last thing about Tavo, we've said it multiple times. You're going to feel his absence. Um, but also like we're all fans of Sebastian Ajo, but you can't, you can't really talk about Sebastian Ajo without talking about Tavo Teravainen because they, from the get go, everyone's like, we need them on the same line together. They're the Finnish connection. 
whether whatever you feel about Tavo, his absence will affect Sebastian. Like it just does. It's going to affect not only it's going to affect the defensive part of our game, but his absence it he helps Seabass a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and missing that connection is you're going to feel it. Whatever you feel about Turbo, it's going to affect other guys on the team. Um, so you it's also something too that we are not alone in the NHL uh, for dealing with this kind of thing. So it's going to say a lot about us as a team uh, in regards to how we bounce back from losing him and how well we feels played. like we're alone in the Metro. Cause I feel like no one else has these injuries. <laughs> the <laughs> West, the the West the has woods. it themselves, but the damn Metro is like, no, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. And we'll hit you. It's fine. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> yeah so all the prayers for tavo um i i want his hand to heal foremost i would hope we'd get him back at some point but again you don't know how even if you do you don't know how much you'll get him back everybody heals differently so it also i guess it depends on the break and everything to the doctors too yeah it depends on the break depends on the doctors how the surgery goes if they're able to put a pin in how he feels after it you know i mean maybe i don't know which i don't know it's his i think it was his left no, it, it was his left hand. Actually, I don't remember which hand it was. I but that matters, it was right? Because he he shoots left, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so I but believe he got it, was right it was his right hand. I think it was his right okay. hand because it was the hand I, towards the top of the stick. Yeah, and I think that that help that's going to be an easier hand for him to play with broken than the, his bottom hand. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Either way, I mean, I mean I, just, it's tough. I'm trying to view it positively that Rod and the Canes Lena keep saying they keep saying this series. So mm-hmm. I'm holding some positivity that maybe they're just hoping that we finish the series quickly. The other teams take a while and we give him time to right. heal up. Not looking too good for uh, the, for the devils. Yeah. What's the score of that game, by the way, you've got that up. Crowder just scored three, two power one. play goals in six minutes. So it's three to one. Yeah. They're, I think it's, I think it, I think they scored three power play goals, which is, I'll tell you oh jeez! Oh, it's uh, that, yeah, that, they're. Is... Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't. Let's not go into it because. <laughs> go into it. Yeah. Um. So we'll kind of. Cases. Yeah, I was gonna say. So Tavo going out gives us a great opportunity to kind of talk about the call ups. Um. My big question is, if Tavo didn't go out last game, would we have seen these call ups as soon? Do you? Think? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so, because it doesn't hurt us. And I think that, you know, I don't I mean, it's just good for them to practice with the team. I mean, like I said, I don't think anybody sees the lineup that, from the call ups um, because Puyi Arvey is going to step in. I think I don't know if he's going to step in and table slot. Personally, I don't think we'll see it, but I'm a big I'm a big fan of how jury has played. Yeah, uh, I know he's a oh bit top line jury. I want it. <sighs> I want him. Give to that man his, because, his due. So, he is very responsible. He kind of reminds me of Kakinami a little bit, the way that he plays center. I mean, I yeah. know he, I think he's playing wing where he is, but mm-hmm. he's so responsible with cover in the offensive. Well, zone, it's almost a situation the what center. they're doing with some of the other guys too, because I've seen it. I saw him take a few faceoffs. Um, yes, but he's, he's also covering for our jumping defenseman, right? I mean, we have that both sides, whether it's Pesci, Pesci, Shea, Slavin last night, Burns all the time. 
um, Chatfield. Oh, one thing I we didn't talk about. Burns is behind the other net 95% yeah. of the time. So, but anyways, we, we've seen KK cover. I mean, all of our players do that so well, right? You know, Stahl does, Tavo does it, KK mm-hmm. does it. And I've really noticed Drury does it, which, you know, for Jarvis does it. For a young guy, that's that's responsible, right? That That's what Rod likes to see. And I feel like he does have a little bit more finish than, you know, I feel like he really has an extra gear that he can give. I mean, he's a, I, I just wish that he would be given an opportunity in the top six. He is on the power play. I think second line power play. So, you know, I, I it just depend on how Pooley RV plays. Um, he did get, he did get bumped we'll up see. at the but end of the game. Size may, spot, maybe so. He took turbo spot at the end. Okay. So, so you know, that, positive. Yeah. I mean, I think Puyarvi. One positive about Puyarvi is he's big, right? And mm-hmm. that's gonna no matter what size is important in the playoffs. You can't get pushed around, you know, and like they like they were trying to do. I don't know if he's ever fought or if he w- would wants to try it, but I'd love to see it. I was um, gonna say I'd love to also, see him use his size to his advantage. That's gonna be key. Yeah, going back to going back to game one and two, um, I want to give a shout out to Chatfield. I feel like he had a phenomenal game one, like on the penalty kill. I mean, I saw multiple times. He won battles, whether it was a one-on-two or whatever. He would come out with the puck, cleared out, you know, his skating ability, everything. But also in game two, he lined somebody up. He missed the hit, but we haven't – you know, I can't tell you the last time I've seen a Hurricanes defenseman step up and close the gap with a hit like that. I mean, yep. it's it center ice, at center ice, right? Usually they'll do it at their own blue line or whatever, but it's center ice, and he was coming for him, and he was moving. And if he would have connected with that dumb truck, would have been rocking so so i just i just i i want to i mean those can be dangerous right you got to know when to pinch because you're going to leave a two-on-one which could be a goal and you know that defeats you know the 59 minutes of good hockey that you play but Mm -hmm. i do like to see that right because hitting is you know that's a that's a very underrated part of the playoffs uh which is also our missions fetch but wanted to give a shout out to uh chatty I will yeah. say you've you've really felt the presence of the new guys in Nason and Chatfield. Um, and I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. But if you look at Nason, like as consistently as Martinook is somewhere on the ice, um, like down on the ice, Nason is in a scrum. Like you think he would have beef with the whole league because he is always in the middle of a scrum, especially in front of the net. Um, he's always ready to go. And recently the Islanders have starting to pick a fight with chatty and he isn't, he isn't taking it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm loving the fight from the new guys coming up, um, this season. Um, and honestly, how well has ghost played like that, that he's, his shots are insane. Honestly, he, he could easily, if he just got a little more puck luck and a little bit different, he could be like Burns, no problem. Yeah. Um, with his shots. Uh, I think he's just but, been a little bit more defensively aware too. And uh, like we were kind of saying that about game one too, is that the fact that we're playing a pretty defensive game. And I think that's where a lot of his focus has been. Yeah. But like, I, I know I heard people say when we first got him that they were a little nervous about, like he was a little bit of a defensive liability. Show me where I have not seen, I think I've maybe seen him have one kind of bad game. And honestly, in that, bad game him and chatty had a bad game um so, he does not really have defensive lapses often um no, those two cover each other really well and the step up from he just kind of i was gonna say he just kind of fell into that spot and their chemistry has been off the charts the, but like yeah. the step up from last year's pairing to from cole and smith to these yeah. two 
it's a damn steal. <laughs> yeah, which so I I think I you have to give a lot of credit to Chatfield for that too because he's he's a great skater. He's you know he's he's played well. Um, but one thing I will say is the next two games are going to be interesting, right? Because I think Rod, I don't want to use the term shelter, right? But if you're in your own end and they're bringing out their top guys, you're not putting out Chatfield and Ghost. I think he tried that towards the end of the season to test a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But, you know, when you're up in the playoffs, you know, and you're putting, they're putting out their guys, if the Pesci and Shea line is gassed, they're putting out Slavin and Burns. And that's not to say that Ghost isn't bad at defense, but you have probably the best defensive defenseman in the league, if not top three out there with, with Burns. And then you, or you have our Pesci and Shea shutdown pair. So, you know, when, when you're playing at home ice, Rod gets the last change, so he gets to do that, right? I mean, the only times that they're going to play against top lines is after they ice the puck. But now that we're going on the road, you know, he can't really control that sometimes. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play against the top top opponents in the next two games. Uh, I think that's a story we need to watch too. What, what were your guys' thoughts? Because I thought about it because I was waiting to see what Rod was going to do yesterday. But – he has so we always say like he most likely starts the stall line like he always seems to start them but the last two games he has started the quote-unquote fourth line of Stastny, Stepan, Drury and then Ghost and Chatty and that's interesting to me because I feel like I, I don't know why I wouldn't have expected that for playoffs um, he doesn't seem to do it that often normally he goes with the stall line to set up to win the face-off set a precedent all of that and then Personally, I, I want to hear your guys' opinions, but I thought about it some yesterday and I was like, it's kind of a, I feel like to start these playoff games, not that like, not saying they don't have, not all of them have playoff experience, but you have with those lines, you have a mix of some veterans and some guys that are just kind of getting into it. And I wonder if it was a, Hey, this is how you start like kind of getting their playoff nerves out compared to the rest of the guys that he could start because you've got Drury who's getting a little bit of playoff experience chatty and but you've got him surrounded by the veterans and Stastny and Stepan it's so all about matchups so yep. the Isles coach puts their that. guys on the ice first so they the Isles started with their fourth line both games and I don't know if Rod was I don't know if I don't under, I don't know the games behind that. I mean, I, I know it's about matchups, but I don't know if Rod's like, oh, you put your fourth line out, we'll put, put our fourth line out. Which, not to say that our guys are goons or anything, I, I don't know how much to read into that. Um, but you're right; I would expect the stall line to normally start, but you, you, you put out our, our third deep pair in our fourth line, and you know it's it's worked out, right? I mean, we scored we scored first in both games. Um, especially really really quick in the first game, so mm -hmm. it's definitely worked. And actually, let let's just you know, I guess maybe, maybe that's what I'll go with. Right. You know, they, they got the start in game one and they started off great. I don't know who drew a penalty, if it was that line or not, but at the end of the day, we drew a penalty and Ajo scored on the power play in the first couple of minutes. So I think you do it again. We won. I don't know if you do it again, you know, cause you have to put out your top lines. I'm, I have a feeling we'll go with the stall line on the road first. Um, I feel like that's probably it too, but I didn't I think, it, I I think big... if it was a matchup or not, or if it was again, like a matchup slash, your confidence the of the different guys yeah a confidence yeah. boost and like also it's a confidence boost and also guys that have been there before will I, kind of I would say it's a little bit of both if not just an opportunity for rod to kind of see how that fourth line kind of plays differently than what we've seen the four games that we played against them in the regular season um because putting out guys who are 
um have it like there's mixed a mixed bag of experience there there's a mixed bag of play styles there as well and just kind of letting them kind of test the waters dip your feet in kind of see where the other team is at before you say okay here's the line I want to send out against these guys and this is how I want these guys to play against this line whatever this kind of combo um so I think I don't think it has to do with any one factor um but agreed I yeah. agree so I mean, I, mean, yeah, I don't you're know gonna, you're gonna test you're gonna test how players like Drury play against them but you're also gonna test how guys like I would say you compare Drury to uh I mean Rogers it's just a fantastic all of them but then Stassi and Stepan, you'll be like, well, how is their kind of would be grinders, like your third. So you're going to mm-hmm. be like, okay, how is my third going to play against them? So I would guess, yeah, that, I would agree. Because, I mean, you think about shift time too, and you're thinking, I mean, these guys aren't going to be out on the ice for more than, what, two minutes? Um, so that yeah. gives you kind of a good, a little tidbit of time to kind of see where the energy is at, where everybody's heads at, are at in regards to play styles. You kind of see where the refs are at as well in terms of calls and what they're looking for and things like that as well. So, and that kind of gives you time to build the rest of your game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you talk, we talked about, we'll probably be seeing pull your RV some um, come in, uh, but we also talked about how we're going to be getting some of the, I guess you would call them the black aces uh, from the Chicago wolves coming up. Um, yep. But the first one that was announced, um, <laughs> Bailey knows, I uh, immediately, <laughs> huh? No, go what? ahead, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I was going to volunteer to read some of the names. If, if you guys <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you can read the names because everyone knows I butcher names like no so one's business. Gonna, yeah. But I was going to say that I did, I message, immediately message, message our Chicago Wolves guy, Andrew Rinaldi, about the first guy, which is, Mackenzie McEachern. <laughs> yeah. Um, and guy. he was he was singing his praises. He's a big guy and he's he's got some points up for the Wolves. Like he he said he literally when he came into their season, um, I guess he was out on injury or something, but when he came back into the season, he said he literally saw an uptick and the Wolves played very well once I got, once he came back into their lineup. So um and he has an HL experience. Uh so I'm very excited. Yeah, so I'm very ex- excited about him. Um, and I know there's a lot of other ones that other yeah, people are so excited about. If you want to say who the rest of them are, Colin, that got called up. Yeah, I, I'm trying to see. So this guy's actually, he's he was born in 94, so he's 29. He's still kind of young. Uh, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. He hasn't played in the playoffs, but yeah. Kind of young. Mean, he's uh, yeah, 6'2", <laughs> left wing. Yeah, so he played with St. Louis, I guess, when they won the Cup in 2018 2019 but like i said i don't see any playoff stats um but anyways so yeah so we called up that he was the first call up i don't know if that was today early this that morning. was early yeah and yeah then from... I guess a, few, a few hours ago yes. we got sorry <laughs> no go, go no i'm sorry wait one less sorry it's really me i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry i didn't want him to keep reading the list until i it's read okay. this but Just i go ahead. yeah <laughs> Andrew did say uh, a big thing about uh, I'm going to call him Mac. A good thing about Mac is that he's physical. Um, and pr- honestly, um, he plays a bit like Mason. Um, he's physical and he's a big net front power play guy. Um, so that could be really helpful. Um, and then he's, <laughs> they said he plays Michigan hockey. So, you know, he's not soft. So okay, honestly, yeah. I, he only had praises for that guy. So I'm kind okay. of excited to see what he will do. 
that's very exciting, right? Because you're going to need that against the Islanders at UBS. So I would, you know, okay, that really excites me because you can move Jury up off the fourth line <laughs> and you can put him on the fourth line where you shelter him a bit, but he can also run around and start, you know, laying people out. So that's that's good. That's really good to know. He's six, um, three, 205 pounds. He's, he's a, a big boy. 17 points in the last 16 games with the Wolves. So Well, there's smaller guys that throw big hits, so you know, you know, it's it's possible. So I mean, yeah, we all good. watch Jar. <laughs> well, I mean, that's almost I mean, we know Svech is freak, freakishly strong even for his size, but that's pretty much Svech, you know, stats, right? 6'3", 205. So um, we also called up Ville Koivinen Koivunen, I'm not sure Koivinen uh, Koivinen, Vasily Ponomarov, uh, Jameson Reese, which he's played for us before, a good prospect and I'm also surprised we called up Ryan Suzuki. That's good to hear. I'd actually like to hear your friend's opinion on how he's played recently because I know he was a really good prospect that unfortunately had a tough eye injury. Um I'm I really don't think we're going to see any of those guys. I mean, they're way down the depth chart um behind, you know, Pulyu Yarvi would be our our forward and then you look at uh you know, I'll call him Double Mac, right? Mac McKenzie, you know, he's double yeah, Mac. Yeah. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's a double Mac. Um so, you know, he probably plays, especially since he has experience. I'm not sure if you would want, you know, Ryan Suzuki or Jameson Reese playing uh, in the playoffs, especially, you know, on the road or what have you. But you never know, right? We're one injury away from, from seeing one of those guys. But we also called up Max Lajoie, which he won uh, HL, uh, one of the players of the month, I believe, who is a very solid defenseman. I'm actually, if if we weren't we, so deep. We saw him a little he, bit this uh, regular yeah. season. If we Honestly, weren't so deep in I, defense. I wouldn't but he be, would be disappointed. <laughs> oh God, guys, I wouldn't. We're like all. It feels like we're on a Zoom call. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be disappointed if if we saw Max honestly before Coglin or um, Dahan. Oh my! Gosh. I think personally Dehan. we would see Dahan first if something yeah. happens. I think. I, I think. I don't know. Coglin played best last. So yeah. yeah, but I think Dehan, like you look at what happened with Brendan Smith. We brought in Brendan Smith over Ethan Bear, right? Because he had that experience. I think Dehan has that experience. He bring he can he can kill penalties, um, mm-hmm. which we don't really need guys on the power play. I don't know if he would they would put Coglin on the power play or not. Uh, I mean, he but, he's got a decent shot. Um, he quarterbacks pretty well. Um, yeah. But I mean, we we saw more of that during preseason once we kind of slotted him in during first few games of the regular season that kind of sputtered out. So I don't know if that's something given the depth that we have and the guys that I would maybe play in that position over cog, like we're, we're just kind of loaded in the yeah. spots yeah. that he would play on the, pe- or on any yeah, on, teams. Honestly, I would just, I guess my, my pro for Max is um, we got him a little bit this season. I think we got him a game or two this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even though he hasn't played with as much, um, I mean, depending, uh, knock on wood, no one on our defense goes out, but he does have experience playing alongside Chatty. <laughs> knock on wood. Um, but he has experience with Chatty, and honestly, overall, he just also, I mean, he is a captain. Um, and all I've heard is praises about how he carried himself leading that team. And again, it's not an NHL team, but like, leadership qualities are great to come by like when you need a level-headed presence on the ice so um i don't know about the rest of them um i know some of our friends so want to i, I will in Reese so yeah. badly 
but I'm mostly I I'm honestly I'm I really want to see as Colin has now dubbed him Double Mac uh, because he sounds like I mean credit to where credit is due with pull your RV. I mean, again, he has his pros, but if we have someone that's much more willing to throw their body and has more experience, I mean, I'd take him. Yeah. Somebody else uh, that I'd maybe I'd be kind of interested in looking at um, if time ever comes where we need to slot him in is Ponomarov. I've heard fantastic things about the way that he's played um, with the Wolves um so that that might be an interesting piece for me the other name that i was a little interested to see called up too um since we we got uh kachetkov before came, game two uh freddie i think was officially confirmed to be out with illness so piotr sat the bench um to potentially sub in for ronta if we needed him um but we saw a potential fourth string in zach sachenko coming up as well i didn't realize he was a goalie we got him in the Brent. No, was that the Brent Burns trade from uh, San Jose? Because I'm pretty I'm sure, sure that's where he came from. If I, my I don't know, but we're not tell. we're not testing any e bugs. <laughs> it looks like we are making sure we have anything just in case. So I mean, this is the one. The Wolves were playing so well. I'm upset that they they just missed out of playoffs. I mean, it's kind of that thing. It was, I mean, it's kind of what almost happened to Carolina is like, you kind of made your bet early on and then you're going to like as much as your best efforts were, you were going to have to sleep in the bed you made. Um, Carolina pushed through that and won the division. The wolves, unfortunately their competition just won out on those playoff spots. So um, unfortunately with that for them, but I mean, it's a little good. It's, it's good for us because we're able to call up all these guys. No problem. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Piotr on the bench instead of Freddie. Um, it's, I, I don't know when we'll see him. I mean, I'm honestly saying I, so I'm and, saying go with Ranta until Ranta yeah. says I need a break. Um, the one or, thing that I will say, cause Rod mentioned this too, is uh, he's not used to seeing games like this back to back. Like he, we, we pray, played them pretty evenly the entire season. So he, he's not really used to seeing this many games in a row. Um, so it's did just a matter. Not, did he not play them like that? Like last playoffs, didn't he play games in a row last? Well, Besides like, I'm, I'm saying it's been 82 games since he's seen that. So fair, fair. Um, the Islanders won't stay out of our net. If anyone else noticed they were in <laughs> multiple times. Like why, yeah. why is that always every time? Jeez. Oh. Talk about making a bed and lying in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens during the upcoming games front. I'm hoping he can kind of hold that high hand. Um, even though he let in uh, the three goals that led us into overtime last game, I don't think he played awfully. Um, but it does, it, like, there are definitely some things that could be picked up, not only on his part, but, uh, for our defense as well. Um, and I know I saw some people say if the goals that, that, um, Ronto was letting in, if it was Freddie, then we would be yeah. so much more upset. Yep. Granted, not all, I'm, there are ones that Ronta wants back. There were ones yeah. that it was like, Ronta, it's every goalie back. though. It's yeah. It's all well, of them. And and you're like, you can't expect 100% from every goalie. I mean, 
look at Olmark last game. <laughs> like oh, it's just going to happen even from the best goalies. Oh. But the thing with Ranta is that this season he has the way he has played and his consistency has inspired confidence in his play. Whereas I don't think Freddie's has, if it had been Freddie of last year, a hundred percent, if he had let in a few of these, you would have been like, it's fine. He'll get back to it. It's fine. But he has consistently been inconsistent and a little bit letting in soft goals. Whereas in the rest of his games, Ranta really hasn't. And so like, you're like, okay, maybe he's letting in a few soft ones here and there, but like, there are also a few weird ones. So it's I like, I think they it, were soft. Well, there was the, what was the one? So the I think first, it was the one from well, the first game that everyone was talking well, even, about. Even then, right? Like this, this league where, I mean, the league that you play in, right? 90. I mean, obviously we give up usually the least amount of goals in the league this year. Of course we were, I think second behind Boston last year, we were first. So it doesn't apply to us as much as most teams, but 90 to 95% of the NHL is if you, want to win a game you've got this is a three or four goal league if you score three goals or four goals you're likely going to win the game right we scored two in the first game and we won you know mm-hmm. we won with four goals in overtime last game yes Ronta gave up three but they had I mean if you look at two of the goals that were scored they were inside the dots you know Barzell had a great shot he's going to be on the scoreboard he's their best offensive player we've kind of done really good with Horvat. I'm kind of worried about that because he's a goal scorer and he hasn't really done much but you know the first goal that they scored was inside the dots um and so was the third goal. And for those, it's a two on one. I mean, you can't you you can't fault the goalie there. Sure, you can say, oh, that would have been a good save. We need that save. But at the end of the day, he's got two wins. And the first game, he only gave up one goal. Whether it was soft or not, he gave up one goal. If you can't win when your goalie only gives up one goal, I don't care how good a defense you're playing, you, you have to score more goals than that. And obviously, we did and we won. So mm-hmm. th- there's nothing wrong with Rance's play so far. And like Tripp says, it's yeah. not that you know it. It's not the goals that you stop. It's the goals you let in. And he only let in one first game. Sure, there was three goals, but you could you could look at other you could look at other factors for those goals, like missed back checks or you know bad, you know they, they were bad positioning. Rushes. Yeah. Well, the Absolutely. one the yeah. one was literally and this I don't know if this who scored this one, but he they literally wrapped around the net and Ronto is adjusting to get over there and it barely slid under his pad. But also the player was like no one was with him, so. I, I mean, I agree. I don't think any of them were soft. And I, I, I'm i just saying in terms of play, I mean, I love goalies. Me and Bailey were goal, like different yep. sport. But like you have to understand, like it's, again, mental a mental game. Ronta has proven mm-hmm. that what whatever the goal is, he has a – first of all, he seems to start the game like – from the time the whistle blows, he is dialed into the game. He's Secondly, in the right headspace, and that's like the biggest part of it. Secondly, he has proven that literally whatever the goal is, he does not, it does not affect his play from now, from the rest of the game on. Like it does not affect. Whereas I would see Freddie, it seemed whatever goal he would let in, whether it's soft or not, seemed to be with him a little bit more to the point where he was making those weird mistakes of like playing the puck behind the net, batting it out of the, like it was just weird things that. I mean, maybe I would expect from Piotr because he has less experience <laughs> and he's a really confident goalie. But like, I, I just feel a calming presence with Ranta. Not saying Freddie's not calming because he's literally—I don't think that man's blood pressure gets above like here. But he doesn't have any <laughs> confidence right now. That's the problem. He doesn't have any confidence, and he couldn't get it back. I don't think it just has to do with his confidence. So it's a big thing. And we've brought this up before, but it has a lot to do with uh, the confidence that the team in front of you has in you. 
to. Um, and I don't think it just, just based off seeing the team play in front of Ronto versus Freddie, I think we look like a lot, it, we look like a much better team playing in front of Ronto than um, Anderson. And, and pers- personally, as someone that played defense before, for play, not saying there's anything wrong with Freddie's personality, but the way that Father Finn just reacts and the way that he is just kind of like, adopted this team i'm not just freddie is himself seems more of a lone wolf in general mm-hmm. um that's just it seems his personality father finn even though he gets dialed into a game just has such a like warm like i'm gonna encompass this team kind of personality that that's a guy you really want to fight for and i will forever reference when they showed that interview of him and he talked about his time in the military like that man he is so small without those pads on but he is a leader Damn it. <laughs> he can lead the boys to war and he's doing it. <laughs> oh my God. And I mean, again, I think the main thing with Ronda from last season in the playoff, last season, last playoffs, this season playoffs, his honestly, his only downside has ever been injuries. Yep. Um, because he's older. And I mean, goalie injuries, they just, they suck. They suck worse than normal injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, because they are in such a vulnerable position. So uh, Freddie also deals with injuries, but I think Ronta, anytime that he has really struggled with Carolina, it's been injury based more so than like his gameplay. Mm-hmm. Also, the thing that concerns me about Ronta is he's never really been a starter. So I worry about, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs, right? You're a little bit more mentally dialed. You're doing, I mean, you're traveling every two games towards the end of the series, you're playing every other day. Hopefully there's no back-to-backs. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to last year's playoffs, but you know, we, I think that he did get a little tired towards the end of the New York series. Not that we helped him out or anything like that, but you know, that worries me, you know, but goalie's not our, looking at our cap stuff, goalie's not supposed to be our strong point. You know, we're paying Mm -hmm. Ronta like 2 million and Freddie like 4 million and Freddie's not even playing. Right. You know, you, think that our two healthy goalies right now are Ranta who's making two million and then Kachekov who's on his ELC. So but anyways, I guess we, we made the whole Freddie sick thing to be in about um Ranta. But right now we know it's Ranta's crease until he loses it. And right. and, and maybe I don't, even last if, playoffs even prepared if, him. <laughs> yeah. I mean if he loses one game, you know, it's still his crease. So Absolutely. I mean, unless we lose two or three games this series and we're down is 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 where I may see we may see a goalie change, whether that be Anderson if he's health or you know healthy by then, or uh, Kachekov if he's not. And I was gonna say too, even with uh, depending on how long Freddie's out on that illness too, should something happen and Ronta's like, nah, I I I need a breather, or I, he's just not playing as well. I'm not entirely upset with the alternative that we have behind him in Peter Kachekov. I mean, I, I know he had some shaky games, uh, especially towards the end of his tenure this season um, while Freddie was out. But I I think he's got the confidence that he needs to perform well in that situation. He's gotten a little bit more experience, uh, not only with his time up in Carolina, but the time that he's kind of played well down in Chicago as well. So... Patrick Kane just scored a disgusting goal. Oh God, it was disgusting. <laughs> I, I, say, I mean, we're obviously facing different teams. I know we're a little off subject here because you talked about Patrick Kane, but 
I will say for as big of threat as the devils were this season, I will stand on this hill that despite our problems towards the end of the season and our injuries and our lack of scoring at times, <laughs> I would stand by if you gave me those two teams at the end of the season, at the end of the season before like a week ago before playoffs started mm -hmm. i would have said carolina is the more built playoff team based on experience and just based on how over the play. devils and rangers over the devils oh yeah i agreed like they're they're a good team i don't know if they're and it's kind of showing don't know if they're a playoff team not yet, no. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They weren't supposed to be this good this year, and they exceeded a lot mm -hmm. of expectations. But they don't have much playoff experience. I mean, I think half of their playoff games is coming from one guy and Pilot from Tampa. So, no. But also, the Rangers are the they're the complete opposite. They're exactly built for the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say it, it doesn't superstars and well, not just with the superstars that they have, but their experience I think plays a lot into that yep. as well. Um, and, and having a fantastic goalie. Yeah, there's that as well. Um, and you can you can say anything you want about Shostakin not being on the same level as he was last year. He had to come back down to earth eventually. Um, but we it can it, all be Vassy every year. But Vassy yeah. is he's looking like it these first two games. Um, I don't know. He he's looking. He's starting to kind of come out of or come back into his old form from last season. But yeah, dramatic um, self. <laughs> yeah. Uh, updates from I guess updates. That we talked about it now is the Rangers seem to have there looks like they're about to take it to a lead, mm -hmm. and the Leafs and the Lightning the score is completely reversed from the first game. Holy! Yeah, so uh, Rangers up two nothing going back to MSG. Uh, Tampa and Toronto tied going back to going to Tampa. So those will be interesting. New Jersey will. I mean, I don't. They're playing with their backs against the wall. I don't really yeah. know if it mattered going to MSG because if you look at these games at the Devils. Yeah, I think that's that's only going to well, help them. They're well, like a disease. They, they're everywhere well, and they spread. Well, <laughs> there's also they're going to be at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. That place is after winning two games in in New Jersey. That place is going to be nuts. That's going to be the toughest game the the Devils play all year. So, mm -hmm. but anyways, we, let's we won't dwell too much on that. That'll uh, <laughs> I will say. We'll so before we kind of get into um, potential matchups for round two. I uh, do want to go into our uh, or into honoring our amazing sponsor in Primo X Hockey. Kat is here to do our little yeah. upgrade. <laughs> Just because Zach isn't here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we blame so, you, Zach. <laughs> Primo X Hockey, they put up with all of our craziness. They put up with um, this podcast, honestly, before me and Bailey were on it. Um, and so if you need anything from them, they have awesome things from tape to socks, to laces, pucks, balls, blade protectors, grips, koozies. Um, honestly, anything you really need. I was going to say um, insert picture of Zach holding up his Primo X hockey. Koozie I know here. it's kind of weird <laughs> that he's not. Um, but honestly, yeah. So they're local. So you can get anything. I mean, they can get things local <laughs> as I am in Virginia and Bailey is in Colorado. But they are in North Carolina, and um, you can get things shipped to you from there or go stop by their warehouse. Um, anything your hockey needs, um, whether it be uh, roller hockey or ice hockey, they've got you covered. I will um, say definitely go visit their warehouse. They have a skate sharpener. 
Um, so if you're uh, kind of getting into the ice hockey game, uh, go to them for all your sharpening needs over there. That's the last I'll say. Yeah, and we did. We've noted this a, a couple episodes ago, but we did note there was a um, another local kind of hockey warehouse place that uh, went out of business, unfortunately, or just shut down. Um, so if you are, if that was, if you're needing a new place, um, go check out. Primo. And then also, of course, you can get the Aho discount. Colin, do you want to, for our visual people, do you want to show them your new jersey? <laughs> I just picked it up today. So, uh, yeah. This, yeah I'm a, get the- I have my first jersey. So, obviously, my favorite player is Aho. He always has been. Um, so, I have his. So, he was a rookie in 2016, I believe. 2016, 2017 was his first year. Um, and I think it was the game against Philly was his first hat trick his rookie year. And that's when I bought the the black alternate Reebok. And so I've been rocking that for a little bit, but the Reebok just sucks. I'm not a fan of their Jersey quality. I mean, especially owning Adidas now is Adidas is just so much better quality than that. So I wanted to get a new Aho one and I couldn't decide if I wanted the Whalers or the red 25th anniversary, but I went with the Whalers because his stats and Whalers gear is you know, phenomenal going back to when they played Boston and he and Tavo had two shorthanded goals uh, together. So uh, yeah. Plus it's just a sweet Jersey. It's, a, yeah. it's the Whalers Jersey. It's so, so if you want to pick up your own Aho Jersey, but you're like, Hmm, do I want hockey gear or do I want a new Jersey? Well, you can use the Aho discount of 20% off when you <laughs> use the term search cast um, and then save money to go towards actually getting an Aho Jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the transition there. <laughs> yeah. So go check out primoxhockey.com. Use code searchcast at checkout for 20% off your order, your AHO discount. Um, they're awesome over at Hockey, and uh, we thank them very kindly for their support. But going into our kind of closing in the episode, because I know we're kind of coming down on crunch time. Um, Kat, I know you had some stats for one uh, star defenseman. Jacob Slavin. <laughs> you coming stole, in. Uh, this Zach's line. Yeah. Yeah. The C stands for clutch as he came in with that beauty of a shot, Mr. Accuracy himself. Um, yeah. So uh, for his playoff stats, he has. Um, Actually, wait, let me pull it up more because I want to make sure I have them all correct because I don't <laughs> want to say anything. Before we and- get before she goes into it, I want to say that the best <laughs> thing Slavin does doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Yes. Which makes this these stats true. even more impressive. So anyway. Exactly. Continue. This is Sorry, why we I'm, love him. This is why we love him. So he has played career playoff statistics for 47 games. Um, he has five goals, 24 assists. Uh, three power play points and most impressive of all a plus 19 rating um this man is a beast like you don't again not gonna always count on him for being in the goal uh scoring bracket but when it matters most he does come in clutch um and honestly he is such a phenomenal player because he whoever plays with him he just helps his teammates excel um he covers for them like for burns honestly burns has this freedom and honestly all the success not only is he a fantastic player but he has this success because he knows he has a teammate that will cover him nonstop. um burns himself in his interviews they talk about him about his scoring and all this stuff and he has said multiple times he was like i have to credit my defensive partner because he is he's like i've learned so much from him 
He's covering me at all the time. I have this confidence because of our chemistry and how well they play together. So again, Colin was right. His best stats are ones that ESPN and all of the stats people don't really care about, but it's yes, really cares. great. I've noticed they, they give him a lot of credit. He, if, if there's one player that they give the most credit to, is, is I'm pre- it's Slavin always. They're always saying he's the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, they always say something, you know, pe- there are p- people talking about if, you know, they would have two awards for a defenseman, right? One of best defensive defenseman and then best either overall defenseman or offensive defenseman. I'm not sure if I, I would like two trophies like that, but I would personally like best overall defenseman and then best defensive defenseman. Yeah. Um, usually they don't win on the same year, right? Uh, I mean, mo- most of the time to win the Norris, you've got to be like top five in points, usually top three walls. So playing great defensively, usually it's very hard to be the best defensive defenseman and also put up that many points, but Either way, going back to the stats, right, He's he scored 27 points, I think, in like in a full season this year, but his career playoff stats are 27 points in, or 29 points in 48 games, 47 games. So he's over 0.5 points per game in the playoffs, meaning he elevates his play in the playoffs while also playing against the opposition's best, right? So we're talking about the best players on the best playoff teams. So yep. I think it's incredibly imp- impressive. Honestly, teams t- teams succeed when they're be- when they're ma- able to match up their best players, not against Jacob Slavin. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, another stat I kind of want to point out as well. Um, this isn't really related to Jacob Slavin, but more so towards Brent Burns um, from uh, NHL Public Relations. Brent Burns just became the third player in Hurricanes slash Whalers history to record four points through his first two playoff games with the franchise. Joining TA and Eric Stahl. Um, wow. So uh, that overtime goal uh, to Jesper Foss that Brent Burns assisted on helped him get to that point. So we got to give our congrats to um, the first pairing as a whole. So. Um, Honestly, when they're on the ice, um, there's a couple of players I'm not – when it's getting to the nitty gritty and I feel like we're getting hemmed in or we're just the other teams picking up pressure. There's a few players on the ice, not saying like overall we're a defensive team, but there are a few players that I just feel more comfortable with, um, like extra comfortable with. And obviously one is Jacob Slavin. Um, Burns has really stepped up his defensive game recently. Um, honestly, I think he's about to fight one of these Islanders. Some, um, <laughs> uh, and I know we've spoken about him a lot. Um, but the other one, I honestly feel really comfortable when he's on the ice because I know, well, two, two of them, I feel really comfortable when they're on the ice because of just how well they do defense. Um, Jarvis has really, he's just, he has been winning his board battles and really just getting back and making sure he's there to break up the play and cooking Emmy. Like I honestly, when he's on the ice, I'm like, oh, he's going to, he's going to back check. He's going to get that. And he does. He doesn't really have those breakdowns. So uh Coming from me, who loves Jacob Slavin and thinks that is the best defenseman, defense, defensive defenseman, and he literally can barely ever make a mistake. I was going to say um, he can hardly ever do any to, wrong. So to compare, <laughs> to compare <laughs> other other players defensively to him in like a high regard, uh, I think they've really stepped up their game. So yep, yeah. I mean, he usually plays mistake-free hockey, um, especially in his own end. But he also has the ability to, if if somebody misses a back check or somebody misses an assignment, he's got the ability where, you know, if there's a quick two-on-one developing or in, in their own end, if, if, if somebody has a step on him because somebody else missed a play, I mean, 50% of the time, you know, he's making making a good play on that. Whether And it, even if, if it 
if something happens out of that, it, it wouldn't have been his fault, but usually he's bailing other people out uh, yep. because of his play. So to, to the point I've even noticed um, some this season um, and it's been some Freddie, it's been some of the other goalies too, but to the point where the goalies expect Slavin to defend so well that, and it's, it's been very rare and it's not talking bad about the goalies, but it feels like sometimes they expect him to make such good, consistent de- defensive plays. Um, even if it's like on a breakaway, they're like, they're, I feel like sometimes they feel he's so confident to stop it that they're almost surprised when it comes to them to the point where they might be not be completely positioned. Right. Um, and they might not make the save just because, Oh, Slavin didn't stop it, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've seen <laughs> other goalies that have left us that have um, had lesser defensives in front of them and they've struggled. So, I mean, I think any, everyone is a little bit elevated when they play with Jacob Slavin in front of them. Go figure Funny story. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we traded Hala for Trocek and they're absolutely going at it right now. They're fighting? <laughs> Dude, no, they were going at it last game. How Hala, great. Just mouthed it to, Hala just mouthed it to him. Uh, he said, do you want to go? Oh, they're just going at each other. That, this is crazy. Anyways. <laughs> um, so to kind of end it off, um, expectations for game three. How do we, uh, on away ice, uh, further this series for us? Got to get the first one, just like the last two games. You got to get the first one. You got to keep the crowd out of it. They're going to be able to get the crowd into it no matter what. If they score, yeah, but they're going to have some hits. They're going to, like I said, I think the Islanders' plan is going to be to play the same way they did in game two because they they should have won that game, right? You know, Slavin had a, a great shot, and, you know, they have a good goalie. So plan, they're a defensive team. So if, if they get in front, it's going to be very hard to, to take the lead from them. Also, they have a great goalie, one of the most underrated goalies in the league, probably. So, Canes need to score first to to win. They've got to they've got to play their game. They got to stay out of the penalty box. They can't get too caught up in the Islanders' physicality, and they got to play like they have the last two games. Keeping a level head is going to be big key for me. Yeah, I think I, um, I not agree. letting the refs get into their heads, not letting the Islanders get them off their game. Because um, as soon as we start bodying back, that's when, Eric Cat. You say this all the time. Uh, we start getting hits. We know we're off our game or at least when we start playing the same level of goon hockey we're off our game um so it's going to be all about kind of keeping a level level head just kind of keeping in our heads playing our game um and uh, making sure we can kind of hold on to um scoring and what we do best it's also what i've said earlier is i think again scoring first but also (laughs) your uh we have to keep our tempo. We have dictated the tempo the last two games. If you've noticed, it's been pretty high, pretty high paced. Um, if it does slow down at all, it's only because we're hemming them in their zone. And so there's puck movement in their zone. It's not a lot of back and forth, but um, we have set the tempo the last two games. We have definitely picked it. And I think that's detrimental to the Islanders because they play a slower game. Um, so I think, again, we need to set the tempo, um, not only with the speed of play, but also scoring first. Yep. <laughs> go Trojek. Oh my god. Sorry. Go Tro. Sorry, we're watching Hala versus Trojek fight. Um, <laughs> was I that McLeod I saw included in the scrum or scrum as well? No, it wasn't Hala versus Trojek. I was I didn't mean to. It, yeah, that was McLeod. Yeah, that was pretty good scrap. Dang. 
McLeod versus Schneider. Him. That's the guy. So interesting. Interesting. Here's the thing. We'll make it Canes related quick. So Braden Schneider, right? We traded a first round pick for uh, Brady Shea. <laughs> And they use that pick for Braden Schneider, so that'll be a that'll be interesting comparison as as he can as Schneider continues to develop. For not saying we would have picked Schneider, but uh, that's that's the pick they got from Shea, which Shea's been nothing but great for us. I mean, he's been he's been a little off uh, the last couple weeks. Eh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say a couple weeks, but he's been he hasn't been. Uh, uh, defensively, he's he's made a couple mistakes, which he's been super solid all year. I personally thought he had a better year than Pesci did. I, you know, on both obviously oh, offensively, but even maybe defensively. But uh, uh, hopefully, he can uh, hopefully he can tighten up and yeah, yeah. Also, we, uh, we could use some there. of that uh, defensive ability um, offensively that we saw from not only Burns but Shea as well, being one of the higher goal scorers. We talked about this in one of the last pods too, and saying that he. In the continue, last continue to what, be the year of Brady Shea. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Zach would put it. Um, no, but uh Brady Shea had the most goals in the last, I want to say, third of the season, uh, compared to any other defenseman in the league. I think there were only two other defensemen that scored more goals than him in the last he scores uh, like a of lot of even straight goals too. Yeah. Like most of those guys mm-hmm. like Dollar five on five, like baby. <laughs> scoring goals on the power play, Eric Carlson. I mean, he's great. I mean, they're all great, both both power play and even strength. But Ray Shea only had like three on the power play this year, which means I, I think he probably led all defensemen in even strength goals after Carlson. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, sorry, to wrap up the thoughts on the game. Uh, tempo, scoring first, setting play, um, level-headedness, not letting their physical play get to us just like last game. I think we did pretty well with it. Um, and then uh, – I guess the crowd, uh, it's going to be interesting because I definitely saw last game when we were uh, when we were down and also when we tied it, okay? PNC absolutely erupt. Like, we, we started chanting when they were down because they were having great pushes to get on goal. Um, we started... Uh, we started obviously getting into it when Slavin tied it. Um, and you could see the guys physically like they were into it but you could obviously you could see that it was affecting them like they were way into like they're ready to go um and so they're not gonna have that um obviously in a away game so i hope that they don't not that the other the home crowd will affect them in a negative way but i hope that the lack of caniacs doesn't affect them in a negative way if that makes sense like obviously you have home eyes for a reason uh i would hope that you can draw on that even when you're away from them. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, game three happening. I don't know when this is dropping, hopefully within the next 24 hours. Um, so if you're listening to it, it's probably going to be tonight for you guys. For us, it's tomorrow. Um, it'll be an interesting one. I'm excited to see how it turns out, but um, until then, Colin, thank you so much for hopping on and joining us to talk some Canes hockey. Uh, I know you're not on much social media, but uh, anything you want to plug, now's your chance. <laughs> no, not don't really have anything. Uh, just if, <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube video or if you know what I look like, yeah, just always you can say hi. I'm usually probably go to I'll go to most of the playoff games, probably usually go to about half of the or a little more than half of the regular season games. So, yeah. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on as always, and uh, uh, it's always a good time. Yeah. Now, I wish I was in the area more. That'd be 
February was so fun. I'm going to keep talking about it. Kat, <laughs> what about you, my friend? Um, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Kaniac Chick. Um, you can also find me on TikTok at TikTok. TikTok. I'm so <laughs> tired. We knew it was going to come. I didn't read the players' names for a reason. We knew it was going to happen. On TikTok at KVT Hunter 74. Uh, you can also follow me back on Instagram with that name. Um, and then, of course, you can follow all five in a game um, on all the social channels. Twitter, it's five in a game SN. Um, I'll spell it out. YouTube is 5GSN, the number five GSN. Um, and then <laughs> TikTok, five game SN. Again, I'll spell it out. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to. I got a little heated on. Follow me on Twitter. Come, I've got. Thankfully, I've. <laughs> they've all been very nice. Um, I run at playoff games. I ran into a couple people that said they followed me and they, um, thanked me for some of my more positive takes. Um, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You can ask Colin. I definitely have some very negative thoughts about the game sometimes, but I try to put it out there because I mean, you want to enjoy the games at the same time. So yeah. try to go into it with a positive attitude. Um, so again, if you see me at any of the games um, and you follow me, please say hi. Um, it's very nice to meet people and um, I will be awkward in person, but I appreciate <laughs> seeing all of you. It's always fun to see other Kaniacs. So yeah. Yep. Um, as for me, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Bailey Curtis, and that is Bailey with two Y's. Uh, you can follow the Surgecast over on both Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube over at the Surgecast. We are very lucky to get those names all across all three platforms. Um, lots of playoff hockey going on in both places. Um, uh, very interesting atmosphere, especially with uh, how the games have been played recently. L would love to talk some Canes hockey with you guys. So if you're interested, uh, definitely shoot us a follow, uh, shoot us some comments, and we'd really appreciate it. Um, like I said, go follow the uh, search cast over on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I run things over on the YouTube side. So if you're watching this, hi, hello. Uh, be sure to hit that red subscribe button. Uh, leave a few comments down below and make sure you hit that bell icon so you never miss an episode. Uh, it would not be a proper closing if I didn't shout out our wonderful missing co-host, Zach Martin. You can follow him over on Twitter at uh, the one true Zach, and that is O-N-E true Zach. Uh, he is basically the runner of this entire uh, production. Jeez, I'm about to lose my train of thought here. Um, For as so much as much <laughs> grief as we give him, he actually keeps this ball rolling. Yes, yeah, so we we have to give all the props to him. Um, he has been dearly missed this episode. Uh, definitely go shoot him a follow. Um, great contact if you're looking for anything, not only Canes related, but uh, baseball, D&D, uh, all that cool stuff over there. Um Keep an eye on playoffs. Uh, this is a great time of year, not just uh, for the Canes, but for other matchups as well. Um, let us know your thoughts. We gave our predi predictions for the Canes series, but we'd be interested in knowing how or how you think this is going to turn out, as well as other matchups and what you guys kind of think as well. So be sure to leave some comments on the uh, announcement drops for these episodes as well, wherever you see them. But until then... Uh, Hope to hear from you guys soon uh, regarding the games. But until uh, episode uh, 44 of season two, I'm Bailey. I'm Kat. And uh, thanks for our lovely guest, Colin. But thanks, we will Colin. see you <laughs> next time here 
at Surfcast. Bye, See ya.